Hello, my dear friends, and this is Alan Holmes, and uh, welcome to another episode of Let Spirit Speak. For those who have been following me this past year, uh, you will realize that the opening of my podcast has changed, and as I had said before, mostly because I do not have a technical person working with me at the moment, so you are getting the raw version <laughs> as best as, as I can make them. We are entering uh, the Christmas season for a lot of people. And so I wanted to share two experiences that I hope will have some sort of meaning and, and presence for people. You do not have to be, obviously, uh, a practicing Christian or Christian at all to appreciate these experiences, because I think the deeper meaning within them um, is is the important part, the, the spiritual message that is embedded inside the visions. And you know, to make to make it clear to everybody, I as as much as I've grown up in, in Canada, uh, I I was not shall we say, a, a Christian by um, the indoctrination of, of the belief factor or the, or the way I was uh, raised, uh, two things happened. One, I, I was very aware of my otherworldly experiences, which uh, as a, at a very young age that um, set me not against, but certainly questioning a lot of what was being taught, of course, through the churches. And remember, churches and mosques and synagogues and all those things that we, you know, might have cultural ties to in many ways. Our they are systems of organization and indoctrination. The second situation that happened was at the age of four or five. My father, uh, who we attended church at that point, as far as I can remember, most Sundays, he was asked by the church elders to have a meeting with them. And they approached him in the meeting and asked or suggested that he could be tithing more to the church. As far as I know in the story, more or less that ended our relationship with the church and we never went back. Uh, from what I understand, my father got up and walked out and, and that was the end of it. So my, and the reason why I'm saying this again is just to make it clear that my experiences that I've had with certain uh, spiritual connections and experiences, obviously, are not out of a deep indoctrination they are pure as they are so the the very first one i had and of course this was right on christmas morning uh, about uh, three o'clock actually so yes for anybody who knows the of the psychic world that seems to be the witching hour shall we say uh at that, that things tend to happen but as always even at that age i was four years old i i you know, had a profundity to get up early on uh, Christmas morning and, um, you know, 
take a look into the tree and, and you know, into the stockings, etc. Well, anyway, uh, this particular Christmas morning, and I say Christmas morning because it was three in the morning, uh, I came into our living room and I'm looking at our Christmas tree and standing beside the Christmas tree is a man. And no, he was not dressed up as Santa Claus. No, no, no. And he turned and looked at me and intuitively I telepathically reached out with my thoughts to him and I said, who are you? And he very clearly looked at me and said, I'm St. Nicholas. Now, I turned around and my sister, who was three years older than me, who was seven, for some reason, I guess she had heard me come out of my bedroom and she followed me and she was standing behind me. And I turned to her and I said, said, did you see that? Did you see him? And she said, oh yeah, I saw him. So I went running from the, the living room to my parents' room, jumping up, jumping up and down on, on the bed on top of my father and excitedly telling him that he had to come to the living room right away because there was a man standing beside the Christmas tree. And he said, Alan, you just dreamt it. Go back to bed. Leave us alone. <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's like three or four in the morning. I'm four years old. I'm all excited. And my, my father is just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go away, little one. And my sister is standing beside the bed near my mom. And I turned to my sister and I said, I know he was there because Shelly saw him too. And that was my sister's name, obviously. At which point she looked at me and looked at them and she said, I didn't see anything. Yeah, for all of you who know what I'm speaking about when you've had an experience like that and somebody does that, yeah, it's the... the uh, <laughs> A very deep distrust at that moment was built between myself, my sister, my mother, and my father. And I'll talk about that in a moment, but let's talk about the situation with St. Nicholas and getting back to that. So, of course, I went back into the living room shortly after that, and of course, he was gone. But what I realized later on, 25, I was 25 years old, so 21 years later, when I finally read something about St. Nicholas, yes, it was 21 years later before I had I read a thing about St. Nicholas. And it was telling about the story about how he helped poor kids, uh, that famous story of him putting money in the shoes or something. Um, that I read that. The saint, the patron saint of children and the, the, the saint of many other other peoples etc. And it made total sense to me because that was the year that I started working with kids. I thought that was really interesting. I do not claim that St. Nicholas is my guide or one of my guides. But we have these happenings that sometimes slightly higher beings come into our lives for a period of time and they give us a bit of a signpost. And that signpost may be for tomorrow, the next week, five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road. But it will, it will most definitely happen in our lifetime. And from the age of 25 onward, I was always working with kids in some way. So 
that seemed very interesting to me as as that went on in terms of my family and my relationship with them well from the point i was four till about i was 16 i never told them of another experience premonition nothing <laughs> i refused yes a little bit of resentment was in there and distrust yeah a, a little hard i was a, i was a little harsh with them but you know when you're four and you're you're processing you know what what response do you have i suppose my second real experience with what i would call the what we associate with christmas would be with jesus and this occurred at a time when I, I was actually involved with a, a court case. And it had to do with a, a gentleman who had done some electrical work for us. And my wife and I were very newly married. And we had this very hmm interesting old house that we had scraped every dime together to buy and it had massive problems just absolutely massive problems and of course the, the electric was one of them so this gentleman came and did some work had given us a quote and then in the end it was three five times the amount which he had originally said so we went to small claims anyhow after the court case which we settled out for the original quote that he had said, which was fair. And possibly maybe he should, he should have gotten a bit more, but that, that's where we got to. So very shortly after that, I was sitting in meditation. And suddenly, I saw coming towards me from a distance a man wearing the pharaoh's crown. And on the front of the crown was attached what I could only describe as the tablets with the Ten Commandments. And as he came closer, I realized it was Jesus. Very clear. Not like all the Jesuses that you see in, in every painting. There's something very more specific about it, probably a bit more authentic, I think. But he just stared at me. And as he approached me, as he came closer, he stopped. And looking at me, he took off the crown and he set it down. And I looked at this thinking, well, the Pharaoh's crown and the tablets, the Ten Commandments, really have to do with the old world, the, the uh, Old Testament and those stories. But I couldn't quite figure out what the taking of them off meant. And so a few years later, I, my wife and I were talking and I told her about the experience and she looked at me and my wife was, was a, a wonderful Christian. She really was with a very soft C. It's the best way I can describe her. And she looked at me and she said, Alan, doesn't it make sense? The Pharaoh's crown and the Ten Commandments are of the Old Testament. And I said, yeah, of course. She said, taking them off 
wasn't what was the real message of Jesus? And I said, well, it was love and forgiveness. And when I said the words, the penny dropped. And I thought to myself, well, of course. He was showing me that the real message now, not just for Christians, but for the human race. I mean, you'll find this in, in of course, parts of Hinduism and, and various other religions, but forgiveness. And I thought, well, that's really part of the, the Christian story. That is why if you look at the, the, the Christmas story, is, isn't that why, to some degree, his, what his message was? Now, we can debate the twists and turns of how the message was used and that the only way you have forgiveness is through Jesus or is it also that our, our rebirth in our spirit and soul is only when we've learned to forgive? So we, we can, you know, for the Christians out there, if you are listening, you know, there's, there's places for discussion there. However, I felt it very strongly that it had to do with our growth and development to forgive. Because let's face it, the Old Testament and the old world, not just within Christianity, but in many other religions, even practiced today in the Middle East, it's an eye for an eye. It's a brother for a brother. It's a wife for a wife, a husband for a husband. Fast forward about 20 years, I was, and this relates to that whole story, I was invited to do some mediumistic and spiritual work in Iceland, which was just fantastic. And the very last night I was there, the board of directors from this particular association that had asked me to come over wanted, as they usually do, to have a special circle for just for the directors, which I always loathe because they're expecting something special to happen and there's no way one can make something special happen. If not, if the spirit world wants it or not, it's, it's up to them. Anyway, so we, we open up the circle, and as anybody knows how we do this, is with prayer and, and asking for God and the light and all, all the highest to, to be with us. And as I'm sitting there, suddenly in my left ear, and also, first of all, all down my side, just shivers everywhere, my left side, because it's always my left side. And I hear in my ear very clearly, my left ear, forgiveness is the greatest karmic release that one can give to oneself or to another. And then the penny dropped again. And my understanding of what had been shown to me in the vision of Jesus 20 years on now deepened it's a message for us all and it doesn't mean it's easy but if we really look at the at those two visions well three well two visions and a voice shall we say of saint nicholas and jesus and the voice first of all saint nicholas would be part of 
the understanding of forgiveness and love and self-sacrifice and service, which he did. And then, of course, extending that out for me would be the, the original intention of love and forgiveness. So I have to, or had to put that together, which really looking back now seems very simple. But when you're in the middle of it, it can be a, a little bit overwhelming. So on my business card is that phrase, forgiveness is the greatest karmic release that one can give to oneself or to another. And of course, being the fact that we're around Christmas, isn't that what so much of the message is? So for people who are struggling with others around them, and maybe you feel you need to forgive people, I would encourage you to do so. But I would encourage this first. Because it's very easy to say, I forgive somebody. There's still a, a potential for a narcissistic point of view in that. That somehow you from on high have decided or can now forgive somebody. Well, isn't that lovely? But instead, start with this, because it goes back, I think, to the teachings of Cheng Su, humility and simplicity. Start first with sitting, reaching out to God, the divine, the divine intelligence, and asking that for whatever wrongs you have done, however you may have hurt others knowingly or unknowingly, you ask for forgiveness. And then circle it around back to you forgiving others. You may never be able to tell somebody that you forgive them. You may never be able to ask somebody for their forgiveness for the wrongs that you've done. But even sending it out through thought is powerful. It changes the conversation with the divine. And it changes your conversation with others, those same people, if you ever meet them again, from soul to soul on a very deep spiritual level. Think about the life review. Think about how when you cross over, you will be experiencing everything that you did, how you made people feel, whether on purpose or unintentionally, as they will themselves. So the people that you've hurt, you will feel that hurt. For the people who've hurt you, they will feel the hurt of how they hurt you. We are all going to experience that. We can change some of that by acknowledging now that we have hurt people knowingly and unknowingly. That is such a high level of awareness and it takes strength, real strength to be able to do that in this incredibly narcissistic world that we live in at this moment. 
The words I'm sorry are almost never used anymore. Phrases such as I realize or upon reflection, these have no meanings at all. These phrases are ways to not take on or look like you're taking on the responsibility of your own actions. And yet if we are to evolve spiritually, that's exactly what we need to do. And we need to embrace it. We need to, as they used to say, they may still say it, own it. And also know that it is a path that every single soul is working on, striving for. Forgiveness. Being able to rise above one's own shortcomings and the shortcomings of others. Because we all have them. No one's getting out of this life without having to experience this. It is one that allows empathy and consideration to naturally build within us so that we can work with others, have more insight into others, ourselves first, but others as well. And instead of looking, looking at people saying, oh, I would never do that, or I can't imagine, we can say, I can imagine myself doing that. I might have even done that. But that's where we connect with the humanity. Because isn't that what, as spiritual beings, we should be doing to some level, on some level. So I hope there's something in that for you. Um, it's, <laughs> as we are in our Christmas season here, and as always, remember to sit down and pray. Talk to God. Ask for the help of the guides or your angels or however you view that to be. And try to walk with an open heart. That does not mean you agree with everybody. But it means you hold a level of understanding and empathy for each individual because there's an awareness within you that says if someone can do it both good or bad so can I so I leave you with that thought of forgiveness and I hope that you'll join me again in our next episode if you wish to communicate more directly with me. Yes, my webpage is not up to date, so there are services provided on there and um, uh, for readings and such, and, and the prices are wrong, so I have to tell you that now. But I'll get there and getting that fixed up, hopefully, by January 10th. We'll say that that's the date, 2024. But my... Uh, email address is there, the alanjohnholmes at yahoo.com if you wish to get a hold of me. And until then, I wish you also very well. I wish you such a deep and wonderful Merry Christmas and a, a season where maybe you, you, you know, that little bit of reflection and time can be yours. And remember that uh, we can't always 
have everyone as their best friend, but we can love them. We can love the world and everybody in it. So until again, until we meet again, God bless. Thank you.